a young person to lose, especially a grandparent. It, it really is. Uh, I can remember, and what I shared with him was that I remember when uh, my mother passed away, uh, she was my babysitter, and uh, my daughter, Jonita, would get off the school bus at her home every afternoon. And that particular day, uh, she had already passed, and so we had to make sure that we stopped her from going to the house. So I shared that with him because for about six months, I had to sit by her bed until she fell asleep because she thought that when you went to sleep, you passed. So about, it took us about six months to get through the process. So as young people, they do need the encouragement. Uh, they need all the love and, uh, um, and kind words and gentle words. And, you know, we may tell them that you know, that loved one is in a better place, but they fully don't understand that. Amen. They fully don't understand that. But they, too, have to go through the grieving process. But uh, we know she is in a better place. And one day we all got to make that journey. Amen. The main thing is we make that journey and we make it right. Amen. I don't mind dying, but I want to die right. Amen. Amen. Because hell is still real. Amen. It, it hasn't changed. It's still there. Amen. All right. Okay. At this time, we're going to get ready and we're going to go into the, hear the word of God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for the word. Amen. Audio, video, five, four, three, two, one, we're live. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to come before you right now, Lord, and help me to decrease while you increase in me, Father God. And Father, regardless of how many times I get in this pulpit, Father, I never take it for granted. And I always feel inadequate as I decrease and allow you to increase in me. And Father, I want you to help me bring this word today so that the people may understand fully. And God, I want to place a hedge of protection around your people. Give them the strength that they need, the understanding that they need, and the desire and commitment that they need, that we all need to do your will, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our lesson today, our sermon today will be entitled... Uh, all things beautiful, all things beautiful. Main text we'll be coming out of today is the book of Psalms 139, verses 14 through 18. All things Beautiful. Thank you, Father. The word of the Lord says in Psalms 139, verses 14, He said, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth. Right well. It says, My substance was not hid from thee.
when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. And if I should count them, they are more in number than the same. When I awake, I am still with thee. May God bless the reading of his holy word. All things beautiful. We see here that David is letting God know that he's going to praise him because he understands how he was made. He was made fearfully and he was made wonderfully. All things beautiful. (laughs) Being made fearfully means to be made in the reverence of God. The Bible says in the book, I think it's Psalms in the 111th chapter, if I'm not mistaken, he says that reverend is the name of God. And he placed that reverence of himself on us when he made us in the image and the likeness of him. So that's why the writer here, David, says that I am Fearfully, that means I'm reverently made. And not only that, but I'm wonderfully made, meaning that all things are beautiful when he made me and when he made you. He said, marvelous are thy works, because my soul, it knows quite well. But then he goes and he gets deeper and deeper into this thing. He says in, that his substance in verse 15 was not hid from thee. says that he was made in secret and he was curiously worked in the lower depths of the earth. So while God was working on him up top, he was also working on him down low. And he brought it all together. And that's a wonderful thing, how God can bring it all together. Only God can bring it all together. The reason why we've got the situation in the world today is that we don't have God. And if we don't have God, it won't come together. So that's why we have so many problems in the world today. And even in our homes. It says that God saw all the substance. And he knew I was unperfect at that time. And while he was doing that, it says that he wrote all my members. They were written down in a blueprint called a book. See, everything has to have a blueprint. 
Even man don't make nothing without a blueprint. Even that bench there was a blueprint. It came from somebody's mind on a piece of paper, and then they brought it forward. As in us, so is God. God gives us children so that we can hopefully kind of understand what it means to him to have us as his children. All things beautiful. He says now, how precious, verse 17, how precious, he says, (laughs) are the thoughts unto me. How great is the sum of them. And then he goes on and says, if I could count them, they would be more than the sands, meaning the sands of the sea. You know, you can't count the sands. Everybody's been to the beach. You can't even begin to count the grains of sand, can you? But his word just said that all of his thoughts about us are precious. That means they're all beautiful. And it took so much. And so many thoughts were involved in us, in the making of us, that it would be impossible to count. He said every thought about us was precious. But we look at ourselves in a dumbfounded way sometimes, don't we? Because of the mistakes we make. But God said everything I made about you, every thought that I had about you was precious. So our thoughts are far from the thoughts of God. The way he thinks is not the way we think. That's why he gave us this book to give us guidance. Go to Genesis 131. Genesis 131. Put it up, please. Six days had been fulfilled, right? Man had been made. and On the previous days, the first day, the third day, fourth day, and the fifth day, God said that those days were good. He didn't say nothing about the second day being good. And the reason why is because two is the covenant of man and he knew man was going to break the covenant. But then he goes on and he's saying, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good, all things beautiful. He didn't say it was good, he said it was very good. And then he goes on and he says, and the evening and the morning was the sixth day, the number of man. And notice how we are backwards from God. We say the morning to the evening, but God say the evening and the morning. See, our thoughts are not like his. Well, why does he say and the evening and the morning were the sixth day or the day of man? Why? Why would he say that? 
Because the evening means God made you in your best state. Your absolute best state. All of it thoughts were precious. And then God said, and the morning. Why would he say that? Because he made man to have breakthroughs. So he makes us in our best state. And then he gives us the ability to rise early and get a revelation that's going to give us a breakthrough from faith to faith. Right? Is that not the word? Meaning from one level to another level. We're not supposed to stay the same, people. The Bible says in the book of Numbers, I believe it is, that we've been around this mountain long enough. Now let us go northward. See, sometimes we become stir-crazy. The church has become stir-crazy. They're in a ritual. They're in a ritualistic dance. They're in a ritualistic hoop. They're in a ritualistic religious word that has no levels to it. And you're getting recycled, 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 recycled. Same old thing, same old thing. That's not God. God is a revelationist. Every time you come through the house of God, whoever it is speaking, they need to have something to tell you that you didn't know before. It shouldn't be the same thing. You shouldn't know when he's going to say this and what he's going to say or when she's going to say that and what she's going to say. It shouldn't be like that. But it should always be line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, with stammering lips and a new tongue will I speak to this people. Amen? A new tongue. Not an unknown tongue. Because if you up in here talking in an unknown tongue and don't nobody know what you're talking about, you ain't doing nobody no good. Amen. Wait a minute. That's word now. So he said, a new tongue will I teach these people. In other words, I'm going to teach you something you didn't know before. About me. But if I speak it in a foreign language and without an interpreter, then how can you be edified? So all things must be done how? In a decent and orderly fashion. Uh-huh. He says, Now your evening, which is your best state, I made you. And not only that, but I'm going to give you the ability to have breakthroughs. How many of y'all like breakthroughs? Sometimes they come a little easy, but most of the time they come hard. And they definitely don't come cheap. You'll have the scars to show about the breakthroughs you've had in your life. Go to the book of Ecclesiastes 3.11. The book of Ecclesiastes 3, 11. Let's show what God says. All things beautiful. 
Tell me when you get there. See, it's a wonderful thing to be in touch with God. It's an absolute beautiful thing to know that God, he is on our, he's actually on our side. That's a good thing, isn't it? And it's up on the board, y'all, too, up on the monitor. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, it says, He had made everything beautiful, all things beautiful. How did he do it? In his time. See, a lot of times we try to do things within our own time, and it don't work right, does it? And like I said, you know, I heard a preacher say the other day, like, you know, any time you use something for what it's not supposed to be used for, it's called perversion. See, when we think about perversion, we think about sexually all the time, but no, no, no. I can pervert that right there. I can pervert that. How? It's made to sit in, right? But if I put my foot in it, I just perverted it. Because that's not what it's made for. Huh? If I beat my wife, I just perverted what God gave me. Because she wasn't meant to be beat on. She was meant to be loved. Amen? If I beat up myself, I just perverted myself. Because God said all my thoughts of you were precious. And so many of them that you can't even count them. they more than the sands of the sea. But I think we better start thinking a different way about who we are as children of God. Don't you think? You know what the problem is? We've been down too low too long. It's time to raise our consciousness, people. It's time. It's time to raise it. He says now, he had made everything beautiful in his sight or in his time. And then he goes on and he says, also he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God make us from the beginning to the end. See that word world there now, it'll trick you. That word right there. That word right there, world, it means eternity. That's what it means in Hebrew. Eternity. Where did he do it? He said it where? He said eternity in our heart. What he's saying there is no matter where we are, we are in an eternal state with God. And there's always going to be the consciousness of some type of world in our mindset. In other words, no matter where we are, we're going to be in a world. Do you all understand that? See, we're talking about an eternal world. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. We're talking about an eternal world. 
one that's beyond this one, far beyond this one, that has so much more to offer, but we've been down too low. And we can't see it. This is what sin has done to us. Instead of us looking up, we begin to look out. And we think money and job and new things can save us and make us happy, but it's not. It's not going to do it. Because you get one thing, you want another. Then you want another. Then you want another. And it's never satisfying because we're trying to fill up a place in us that belongs to God and only he can fill up. And we're trying to pervert it by using other things. Mm-hmm. See, everything in here perverted. Hey, say amen. amen. I know you don't like it. I know you don't. But it's the truth. Because ain't nobody in here doing what's designed for us to do when it comes to the full state of it. Otherwise, you wouldn't need Jesus. If God ever removed the blood from us, we're in trouble. Because he said, our righteousness is but filthy rag. All the way from the top of our head, bottom of our feet. Filthy rag. World without end. He says, I'm going to always place eternity in your heart. Isaiah 45, 17. Isaiah 45, 17. Talking about this eternal world. Say amen when you get there, please. Amen. It said, but Israel, look at here. Y'all know we Israel, right? All right, everybody know that. Who in here don't know you Israel? I want to make sure everybody know who they are. Now, it's going to take us some time to fully grasp that. Because, you know, you've been lied to so long. You know. You've been told that you were Africans. No, you're not. You're from the tribe of Judah. When you migrated to Africa, when Syria ran the Jews out, some went across the Caucasus Mountain, but the tribe of Judah went to Africa. And that's where all the slaves came from. See, you've been lied to. You've been running around here calling yourselves African-American. You're not. You're Hebrew. So you see, you, you see, that mindset has to be changed. See, a whole lot of stuff has to change. Because when you say, I'm a Jew, that don't feel right, right off, do it. Because you don't believe the lie so long. Am I right about it? See, you feel funny, don't you? And you say, wait a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah, you. As Minister Adam would say, you can find yourself in this Bible. But you got to get in it. <laughs> you get in everything else. You get in the most job. Well, get in the book. Because what you going to do 
when the rabbit got the gun. You're going to holler for Jesus, right? When your money can't save you because you're in pain or you're on the deathbed, when your money can't change you and save you, who you going to call? You going to call that man that you getting up out of bed every morning to go to work for, but you can't come to church. I tell you what you do. Call him. Don't call Jesus. Call him. Since, since we're doing Jesus the way we're doing him, Let's not just, let's call the one we believed in and see what he'll do for you. But see, we want to pimp Jesus like he's a prostitute. We want to do it the way we want to do it. When we want to do it, how we want to do it, as long as it lines up with what we want to do. I'm in the house. I'm in the house. But Israel, verse 17 says, shall be saved in the who? With what kind of salvation? An everlasting salvation. See, see, that's the final salvation. You ain't made it yet with the one you got. Oh, you don't like that either, see. See, I know you don't like that because, see, that's against your teaching. But I guarantee you, you ain't made it yet with the one you got. And I haven't either. He said, but Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation, and ye, and ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded world without what? Eternity. He placed eternity, the world, where? In the heart. World without end. World without end. See, that's the book. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's move on. Talking about Israel. Romans 9, 6. We're going to melodically do this. Romans 9, 6. Tell me when you get there. Romans 9, 6. It says, Not as though the word of God had taken none effect. Well, what is he talking about there? Remember what he just said over there in Isaiah that Israel, all Israel should be saved? Now he's going to seemingly contradict himself. But it's not going to be a contradiction. It's just going to be the word of truth. Watch this. He said that. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect. In other words, what I just said over here in Isaiah about all Israel should be saved. Don't think that that's come to a non-effect because all Israel going to be saved. But here's the thing. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Now, the church is all the true church going to be saved. But everything in the church ain't of Israel. So what God said over here is still valid. That all Israel is going to be saved. 
Everybody in God's church is going to be saved, but you better make sure we're in the right church. I'm talking about from within. Because you can sit, I'm telling you, we can sit up in here and we can preach our way into hell and we can sit our way into hell. We can amen ourselves in hell too. And be up in there the whole time and God will say, uh uh-uh. uh, you're not of me, you're not of Israel. But it's refreshing to know that all Israel is going to be saved. Mm-hmm. Watch this. For they are not all Israel which are Israel. Go to Matthew seven twenty one. That's a familiar scripture. That one is. Matthew seven twenty one says, this, this Jesus laying it out now. Test He said, everybody say, Lord, Lord, unto me is not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. All Israel, all that's in Israel ain't of Israel. I just told you, we can sit up here, we can preach our way into hell, and we can amen our way into hell too. Amen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, everybody that say they're about the Lord is not about the Lord. It's camouflage. When you find out whether a person is about the Lord or not, you look at their commitment. Are they committed to themselves or are they committed to the work of the Lord? Because faith without works is dead, right? Amen? Oh, oh, I'm not fooled by folks talking about they're about the Lord. No. Because as soon as you open your mouth, I'm going to see I'm going to see. I ain't looking for you to make mistakes. We're going to make them. That ain't, that's not the issue. I want to know whether you're committed or not to the cause. And if you're not committed, you can holler, Lord, Lord, all you want to. But Jesus said, you ain't none of mine. Because you don't put yourself before me. You can't be trusted because you tell lies. You might lie to yourself, but don't lie to God. Just be honest. Hey, Lord, I need to get this right. Revelation 2 9 goes on and says like this Jesus talking again. Jesus said he knows where them fake Jews are. Read it. Man, I know thy works and tribulations and poverty, but thou art rich, he's telling us. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not. But all of the synagogue of Satan, God knows who is and who isn't. The Jew was birthed out of a heathen, Abraham, a star worshiper. But because of faith, he said that, through you, star worshiper, through you, all the families in the earth are going to be blessed. Why? Because Abraham obeyed. and He's the epitome of faith. Abraham believed 
when believing wasn't popular. He believed when it wasn't nothing else to believe for but God. But he believed. And the Bible says that he was fully persuaded that God was going to do what God had told him to do. Are we fully persuaded? Because if we're fully persuaded, we will get off our butts and get this thing right with God. All of us. The Bible says we come together to draw strength, people, to learn the word of God, to learn discipleship, to learn how to love and get along, you know? But if you're not in school, how are you going to learn? You're going to flunk, right? I asked my wife the other day. I say I'm doing but B B plus ain't a big. I was riding down the road. I thought I had it going on. She said, Well, you move from a D minus. A D minus is F sharp. That's flunk. <laughs> and I still ain't I still ain't got a grade yet. All she said was, I moved from a D minus. Well that's I'm still waiting on, okay, what's my grade now? <laughs> you see what I'm saying, y'all? See, it's what I'm trying to say, church, is a lot of times we might think that we got it going on, but God might not be looking at it that way. And the folk you deal with might not be looking at it that way either. But you, all in your mind, you might be all that. You know, you're a legend in your own mind. Amen. You, you so I got tricked on that one by myself. But I got pulled up also. Instead of me crying about it, I said, well, I'm making some kind of movement. Last verse. Let's go to Isaiah 64.4. Book of Isaiah 64, 4. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, Jesus. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither had the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he had prepared for him, that do what? Wait upon him. You know, we live in a world of anticipation, don't we? I mean, it's always, we're always waiting for something. We're always in anticipation about something, right? Next paycheck, this, the new dress, the new, just always anticipation. And what happens is anticipation keeps us waiting, doesn't it? And as long as we, that's why the Bible says don't be anxious for nothing, but through everything, through supplications and thanksgiving, you know, make your request known to God. See, he, <laughs> yeah, 
Anticipation. You know, we're always anticipating something, and it keeps us from entering into what we got today. See, some of us are anticipating now what they're going to do when they get out of here. Anticipation. I must have busted somebody. <laughs> See, anticipation, it's, it's, it's mean. It's mean to us because it keeps us waiting all the time. Instead of living, we're waiting. So waiting because of anticipation is taking up our living space for today. That's what it does. The Bible says be still and know that he's God. Don't be anxious. Just sit down. Do what's necessary to be done right now. And then the next thing will come. And you deal with it. But that thing called anticipation, that's why I talk about patience. You know, that's not easy either. And you sure don't need to be praying to God to give you patience because he might put something on your butt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want nobody praying for me for God to give me patience. Please don't do that. Don't do that. Because I'm scared of that one. Just let me learn. God, you help me. (laughs) But you got to watch what you ask from God. And you got to watch you praying for you too because they might pray something on you that you really don't want. Because everybody don't know how to pray. The Bible says don't none of us know how to pray, but some of us really don't know how to pray. We be done prayed something bad on somebody. You know? But you know, our God is awesome God. Now, Corinthians 2.9, I believe it says, uh, about how eyes are not seen and ears are not heard and all of that. And it's not entered into the hearts of man uh, what God has before them that love him. Well, that's the same scripture there in the Old Testament. It's the same thing. And what he's saying is, is that all things are beautiful. I got some stuff for you and me that we know not of. That's more beautiful than anything that's in them sands of the sea, precious thoughts that I had for you. I got some stuff that's more precious than that. See, that's the good thing about God. See, that's why we should want to go further and further and further. And don't be satisfied with this cheap $2 thrill called the dollar bill. There's no satisfaction in it. I've had enough money and blown enough money to know that it ain't no satisfaction in it. I've had enough women. I've had enough cars. I've had enough houses. I've had enough everything dope to know. I ain't been satisfied yet. What about you? 
Because to be satisfied means the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. To be satisfied. The Lord is. So in closing, I got one thing to say. All things beautiful. He made it that way. God made it that way. And I'm so thankful that he did. Y'all give God a hand clap and a praise today.